Are you unknowingly sabotaging your investments? From ignoring wisdom to making emotional choices, we'll explore 10 pitfalls to avoid, backed by scripture. Let's get some perspective. Welcome to another episode of Christian Financial Perspectives. My name is Sean Peters, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host and father-in-law, Bob Barber. Whether you're watching this online or you're listening on one of the many podcast directories, we're so glad that you've joined us. Today, we are going to be covering 10 ways people sabotage their investment portfolios. Now, if you do enjoy content like this, where we cover financial topics from a Christian perspective, with the goal of helping Christians glorify God in their finances, we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button. But today, this is a kind of a difficult topic, and we want to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. We understand that the journey of investing is fraught with challenges and emotions, because we are emotional creatures made in God's image, so can't really help that, right, Bob? Nope. But can't. today, our mission, our goal, if you will, is to offer you some compassionate guidance on some typical missteps that we see people make with their investment portfolios. Keep in mind, no judgment here, just wisdom steeped in years of experience, faith, and scripture. And I will say the years of experience are more heavily leaned towards my side here on Bob's side. It's, but, the, gray, it's the gray hair. You know, but I'm, I've <laughs> almost gotten to 10 years, yeah. so I've almost, I can almost say I have a decade of experience. Yes. Just little bit closer. <laughs> yep. But I'd like to share a scripture before we go any further, since this is Christian financial perspectives. I think that's appropriate. Hebrews 12, 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, I think that's a wonderful scripture when we're talking about investing because it is for the long term. Yes. And that in the moment that discipline can seem difficult or painful or in the way of what you're trying to do. But the reality is you need that to be successful. So hopefully if we cover some of these today and and if even one of these jumps out at you, we'll have done our job. And Sean, as you know, as always, um, I'm coming to people, I'm coming to them from the perspective of many years talk about decades you know i got three decades that's right of investment experience and uh it's heartbreaking when someone calls us for the 50th time and takes a withdrawal and like you're 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 gone your 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 portfolio is depleted you've depleted it and they're like well i had five hundred thousand just two or three years ago or i had a million you know five Mm -hmm. years ago yeah and we give numerous, numerous warnings, and it's hard. It's hard, yeah. and that's why we want to come at this with compassion. That's right. Um, and, of course, we'll get into the, yeah. what Bob's referring to. Exa- exactly. Yeah. So we're going to cover this from the least important to the most important. Yeah. Okay? So the most important is going to be at, at the end of the program. Right. But I've seen um, overall there's 10 areas I've seen that people will sabotage Todge their portfolio from lack of. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so with starting at number 10. Sure. Number okay. 10, lacking a written investment strategy and sticking to it. Now, I've never met anybody that had a written investment strategy. We have one here. Um, but 
just sticking to it is, you know, that that word sticking to it is the most important thing. Yeah. And again, a lot of this program is going to focus around discipline because that's what this is about is discipline. The reason investment portfolios are sabotaged over time is because of a lack of discipline. That's right. Okay. Which manifests in numerous ways. So number nine, lack of diversification. So investing in only one or two sectors. And I've, I've said this many times on the program where I see the main sector that people uh, get so caught up in, they believe 100% of their investments ought to go there, is in real estate. Mm-hmm. Sean, right here in New Braunfels, um, we have a major development that we started about six or seven years ago. When mm-hmm. I say major, it's going to be 5,000 homes by the time it's done. They're probably at about 1,500 homes now. I'm not going to mention the name of development, okay? Because for they didn't certain pay us for, for a sponsorship. Well, right? it's, not just, it's not just that because they might I not. know, I'm kidding. But, Sean, I went on Realtor.com the other day, and remember we gave the warnings about real estate? Mm-hmm. There are some homes in there that are coming up on one year being on the market. Wow. That, they, that are finished homes. Yeah. They're not resales. Still haven't sold. And they haven't sold. And we're, yeah. we're heading up to a year. And I I've, remember it wasn't that long ago, Bob, where your average duration of inventory was like one month. Yeah. So homes, if you had it on the market for 30 days, it was kind of weird. So those that just invested in real estate, probably pretty much hurting right now as we yeah. see um, – Interest rates are at seven and a half to eight percent when they were three percent just a year ago. And so, as a, as a side note, we are not dogging on anybody investing in real estate. Not at all. That's just a really good, a very common example of when someone is investing in like one primary area. Well, you know, I'm that's a big, definitely the most common. You know me, I'm a big real estate investor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to cover that on on another day. Cause. Yeah, we can. <laughs> all right, but number number eight, trying to time the markets just doesn't work. It doesn't. The markets will move so quickly that you cannot time them. And thinking that you can and be successful at it, you're going to be on the wrong side of the trade. Bob, I do have a question for for you to cover for our viewers and listeners. Trying to time the markets doesn't work. Now, how is that different with how we manage? Like as a fiduciary discretionary advisor – how is that different? Because I'm sure that someone watching right now or listening is going to say, well, yeah. isn't that something you guys do in your management? Not necessarily. No, we really don't. Because we're looking at long-term trends, and we're looking at long-term trades. We never make a, a trade uh, to go to overweight a position or underweight a position. Yeah. We, we never do that based on Or just to try to time the exact top or the exact bottom. No. I, I think a good example, which I'm not going to give specific numbers, but there was re- recently when we were – towards the end of 2021 mm-hmm. you had you know talked to us as the with the investment management team and the idea was you know the winds out of the sails so even though the boat's moving forward there's not a whole lot supporting continued growth at the rate that we were at there wasn't and, a lot of steam left yeah. yeah and this is you know third quarter 2021 right. so no one would look at that and say oh you timed the market market perfectly because i mean we were pulling back from some of our positions three months before we actually had a huge pullback but, but i didn't take i didn't go completely out exactly yeah I, yeah I, I, we, we I made a back. slight adjustment it right. wasn't it again which i think is the a big distinction is mm-hmm. many times the time in the market comes into people try to take everything out and then move everything back in but in professional management it's a oh well let's pull some back because that way we're still invested however we also have a little bit of an opportunity to hopefully buy some at a discount 
Again, not necessarily the absolute well, it's bottom. It's overweighting or underweighting. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway. <laughs> so, so number seven, I want you to read this, and I want to comment. I got some good comments on this one. Okay. So. Number seven, not understanding the rule of 72 and how compounding works and applies. Sean, this will sabotage your investment portfolio worse than anything there is if you don't understand how the Rule 72 works. Okay. No, Bob, for our viewers and listeners, because okay, there are many, it. many that don't know what it is, I'm what explain is it. the Rule 72? Okay, all right. So the Rule 72 is based on a mathemat- It's a mathematical formula where you take the rate of return that you're making. Okay, so let's say 6%. Okay. The reason I'm using 6 is because 6 goes into 72 perfect. goes into it 12 times, okay? Gotcha. Based on the rule of 72s, that means that a portfolio will double if you don't take anything out of it and is averaging 6% mm-hmm. year in, year out. That portfolio will double in 12 years. Gotcha. And so not adding it, or removing any money and right. assuming it's consistent at 6% mm-hmm. a year. Okay. And it would double in another 12 mm-hmm. years. So you you think about that's 50000 going to 100000 100000 going to 200000 Right. Times four. So we're going to talk about the times four effect. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. Okay. So number six, panicking. Oh. Not understanding the risk-reward relationship and mm-hmm. how volatility is a normal part of investing, which I think is important. Bob just made the mention of a portfolio returning 6% a year for the Rule 72. Now, what that does not mean is that you made exactly 6% every year but it's that over the course of that 12-year time period for that example, you were assuming an average of 6%. And the reality shows this is that one year it might be 10, another year it might be 2 or 3, mm-hmm. might be down. I That's mean, right. But, but over that period of time, that would end up being the average. And so that panicking part, that understanding the volatility, whether you're in a portfolio that is very conservative with just fixed income and cash-like equivalents, or you're very aggressive and 100% growth equity, growth stocks, there is volatility associated with every single one of those. Now, the volatility of how much you're down in a six-month window you might be is going to be very different from one end to the other of that spectrum. But it's very important that you understand the objective. Hey, what's normal? Because people will see how much their portfolio was down. And I had a client yeah. in here yesterday, and the portfolio was right at $2 million. Well, okay, so if you're, if you're down you know, 4% on $2 million – can you? What's the number, Sean? How much would you be down? Four percent on two million dollars. Don't make me do the math right now. Eighty thousand. <laughs> okay, you'd be down eighty thousand. But if you're down four percent on a hundred thousand, you're down four thousand. So it's hard. It, it it was harder for this person. They're like, wow, you know, I I never thought of it that way. Yeah, because the more you have. Even though it's the same percentage, yeah. it's going to be a lot more dollars. The dollar amount is and bigger, but the percentages are still the that, same. That volatility is a normal part of yeah. investing, and this will sabotage your portfolio. Again, if you do not understand that volatility, risk, and reward are all associated with investment portfolios. Yeah. All right? Yeah, that's okay. right. So number five, allowing emotions – over logic to dictate your investment decisions. Said this over and over. Emotions yep. and finance mixed together like oil and water. It yep. should not ever, ever be involved in investment decisions. And, and one way to, to think of that, Bob, is your emotions are part of you. I mean, we're right, made in God's are. image. They are. And it's hard okay. to put that aside. So w- what I would say, using your favorite saying, it's just math. Yes. Is you use 
the math and logic and the statistics and knowing what is normal versus abnormal to basically help you keep control of your yeah, emotions. Right. And if you're feeling that emotion of, oh, we need to sell, we need to buy, like maybe take a second, look at the facts, look at the numbers, seek wise counsel so your emotions don't rule you. Look at logic. Yep. So number four, chasing returns. I think the example you, you, you have here is changing car lanes type mentality. Of, yeah. You know, you're in stop and go traffic yep. and all of a sudden a little spot open. So you move over to the left and you're like, oh, oh, now a spot open. You move back into the lane. Exactly. And, and at the end of the day, what have you done? You're no further ahead, really. You've got no... Right. You've just expended a lot of extra energy and stress and frustration jumping back and forth. I, I it's see no that, different with chasing returns. Uh, I've seen this. Um, there is a, there's a tendency in, in us as humans, okay? Um, sometimes we won't change every five to seven years and, mm -hmm. and, and we get caught up in chasing returns. So we think, well, if I'll go over to that new advisor, I'll get a better return. Yeah. And it usually happens in a bear market. Oh, yeah. So there's no way, there's nowhere else to go, but up. So right. you feel really good about your new advisor <laughs> because there was nowhere. I mean, their, his portfolio, her portfolios went down the same amount, Yeah. but you weren't there when it happened. So you move from one advisor to another we get a lot of them. Yep. They're moving from, and I'm like, okay, this is how you invested. And I always make sure, yeah, we were down too. I, I, I yeah, don't we tell people, yeah, right. I, I, I don't want to say no. We're just up. So, Bob, <laughs> I believe the biggest downfall of of how the sabotages someone's portfolio is because if you're chasing those returns, what ends up happening? Well, in a down market, you move to another advisor, so you're selling out of the positions that you already had, right. And usually there's a bit of a lag time. So depending on how long mm -hmm. the bear market and the, and the pullback is lasting in the markets, you may be selling at one of the worst times. And then by the time the dust settles and you're actually onboarded with a new advisor and you, mm -hmm. you go through the process, you're supposed to go through, you get invested, you may have missed out on... 10, 20% of whatever the rally was. Well, you, I mean, you can, yeah, you, I mean, the percentages, I'm you, not going to give a specific percentage, but, but the but point can, is, is you could miss out on the markets have already started to recover. So not only did you sell while you were down, but now you weren't in because you were too busy chasing returns somewhere else. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, a matter of 10 days, markets can move yeah. easily move eight to 10%. They, they can. Yeah. And I've seen it many, many times. So anyway, right. I just thought it'd be a good example of like, right. well, how does that actually hurt you? Yep. So uh, number three, using an investment portfolio like a savings account or a checking account. We see this one a lot, don't we? Yeah, which and does it, kind of tie into our number one most important thing to, to remember, which we'll get into. It does. It does. So we'll, so, we're, we're, we'll, we'll get into that here in just a minute, which is very, very important. But you are not to do not use an investment portfolio like a savings account. Right. Bottom line. It's not okay. a piggy bank. All right, so we're getting down to the number one, but first we're going to get into number two. Unwilling to take wise counsel or advice. We're getting into the top two now. So if you don't remember anything else from this program, remember we these to top two. Remember this one we're about to cover in the last one. So number two, unwilling to take wise counsel or advice. The Bible teaches us the importance of seeking wisdom and counsel. Ignoring advice from experienced professionals can set you on a dangerous path. We have seen, Bob, more than I have because yeah. it's been around longer, but we've seen portfolios go from flourishing to empty because individuals thought they knew better than those guiding them. Yes. And this is not a, a prideful thing of like, oh, we're Bob nope. and I are so smart. But this is what we do for a living. And as a fiduciary advisor, our goal is to try to do our best to do what's best for our clients. So when we give advice, 
it's to try to help the people we're working with. Right. We're, we're, not we're not trying doing, to we're not doing be it like, to you don't you. know what you're doing or, <laughs> right. we're, you know, right. look how cool right. we are. It's, we yeah. want to help you. And so yep. Proverbs 1, 5 through 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's scripture. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very, very clear there. So this scripture emphasizes the significance of wisdom and instruction in the context of investing disregarding sound advice could lead to catastrophic financial consequences. It is soul crushing when we have to watch people lose what they have worked so hard for typically over many years, simply because they were closed off to sound advice and guidance. Yes. Bob, I know you have two wise sayings. You like it's to the share. country boy in me. It's always the country boy. in me. it comes out a little bit here. And these two sayings is, you know, people can be their own worst enemy. Yeah. We've heard that one before. And one that we always used out on the out on the farm with my grandfather, <laughs> either you can lead a horse to water for his own good, but you can't make him drink it. Yeah. Okay. And so if you stick his head in the water, you might drown him if he doesn't want to drink. So, exactly. so you really can't force him. Yep. Yep. Which and takes us to number one. Can you guess yeah. what it is? I hope maybe Jenna can put a drum roll in here. You know whatever. Number one reason that people sabotage their investment portfolio: large frequent withdrawals. Yep. So this is, number one, is the heavy price of large frequent withdrawals. The Bible warns us about, or warns us against foolish spending habits. And yet one of the most destructive behaviors we've observed is making large frequent withdrawals from an investment portfolio. The immediate ramifications are concerning enough, but the long-term effects are even more devastating. Yes, they are. We've seen this occur through frequent, large, like, like a one single withdrawal. Mm-hmm as well as many cumulative ones over a nine to 12 month period. Right. So with the total or when the total mm-hmm. of these withdrawals are more than six to 8% of a portfolio's value, whether it was that one time or during that 12 month period, you, you know, they you, you totaled up to that. More than 8% exactly. Of portfolio. Right. It can have devastating effects on the lifespan of the portfolio. It can. And when you have a $500,000 portfolio and you take out Fifty thousand dollars. Well, it doesn't seem like much, right? It's it's only fifty thousand. I have five hundred thousand. Or when you have a someone with a two million dollar portfolio, and they're taking out fifty thousand here and hundred thousand here, and oh, I'm going to do a remodel or you know whatever it is, it adds up so quick. It does. So to kind of reiterate what we said a little earlier, but an investment account is not a piggy bank or savings account. It is meant for long term growth, and then a long-term draw from that typically during retirement where you're not earning money anymore and you need to be able to have that last at least as long as you might last. Uh, well, I see it a lot of um, people in their 50s yeah, um, doing this and... Kind of getting closer to retirement, but you're still 15 years <clears throat> away. Oh, I mean, they've got, you know, they've got 30 more years, 35 more years to live. Yeah. And this is the things we see it for. We, you know, we see it for like wanting to buy a new car or truck, which today is 50000 Oh, easy. Yeah. Um, easy, especially for a truck. Uh, paying for expensive vacations. We've seen this many times over yeah. and over. This is an interesting, and I want and I put this in there because I've and this seen is, this several times. We've seen times. this, unfortunately, happening more often now. It, we do. Number three. Uh, you're, you're taking a large withdrawal for an adult child because they want something. Yeah. And there's this parent guilt complex if you don't help them. Yeah. Okay. Because from their perspective, well, you have the money. Right. Why not realizing that... The very fact that they're asking, they're not being a good kid. They're not being respectful of you as, as a parent because they're asking you to take money that's supposed to help take care of you as you in get your older, older age, right? To 
pay for something that they want. Yep. These areas that we're mentioning right now, you know, the, the new car or truck, the expensive vacations, the adult child needing some money. Next would be home remodeling. All of these should be taken from savings accounts, right. not investment portfolios. Yeah. Because when we build an investment portfolio, we're building it for the long term. Yeah, and they it's disruptive to our portfolios. We may yeah. have just taken a, a a new new position, and that new position is, we plan on that for three years. Yeah, and you've we've only been in it three days, and now mm-hmm. we got to go and sell that position off. Exactly. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> and another thing that people need to understand too, an investment portfolio, a ca- having a little bit of cash is a strategy. Right. An investment portfolio. By design. That's not cash to spend. Right. That's cash for investing, and it's, and it's part of a, a strategy. Um, I've, I've seen this one, too, uh, speculative startup businesses. Yep. And these businesses, you know, we know, and I'm again, it's, we, we're coming to this compassion. It's not here to hurt anybody. But 90% of businesses fail in the first couple of years. Yep. And consistently withdrawing money from yeah. that portfolio. The fund that business, because the business can't fund itself, Sean. Okay. And then the the last one, just general spending based on things that you want not and need. not needs and living beyond your means. So, you know, you, you have a certain amount of income or mm-hmm. that that you're living on and then you decide, "Oh, we want a little bit more. We're going to put a, we're buy a little few more things and and you start pulling more money from your investment account and it's not sustainable." And you know, uh, this happens here, especially with sudden wealth. Yeah, especially with sudden wealth, whether we, that's inherited. And we've covered that before. We'll we'll put a link in the description. But yeah, about you know, sudden wealth. There's a lot of reasons why you might have sudden wealth. So, so, so here's the thing that most people don't realize that large or frequent withdrawals that that add up over that 12 month portfolio, mm-hmm. um, over that 12 month rolling period, can can really destroy it. And this is called the Rule 72. So I want to describe yeah. this to you. Remember, I said the Rule 72. You. If you're making six percent, takes twelve years to double. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, you just say you're you're sixty. That's eighty four. You know, twenty four years ahead. All right. To double twice. Yeah. So you take fifty thousand dollars out to buy that truck. Mm-hmm. What you have just done is you have just caused your portfolio. You, you've taken away two hundred thousand dollars from your portfolio later <sighs> in years. Over the now, next twenty four years. What is that truck or what is that car going to be worth in twenty four years? Let's see. Yeah. Ten uh, percent. <laughs> well, ten or twenty percent of yeah. the value, okay. But but that's that's the kind of thing that I don't think people really understand, and they don't understand they need to apply the rule seventy two. If they take it out of a growth portfolio that's averaging eight to ten yeah. percent, now you're talking about maybe possibly three doubles. So it's a fourfold effect. So when you mm-hmm. take out fifty thousand or you take out twenty, it's like not you're really not taking out twenty. You're yeah. taking out eighty. You're really not taking out fifty. You're taking out two hundred thousand. Yeah. that is something that a lot of people never think about. So based long term consequences, based on life expectancies, Bob. Mm-hmm. If someone has, you know, if you're if you're watching this and you have maybe another 20, 30 years that you're expected to live, mm-hmm. then that money you're taking out, multiply that by four to give you an idea of what it's really costing you in the long run. That's correct. Gotcha. That's right. And you know, Sean, um, I've seen how long. It can take to save it, and when you pull it out, usually you don't get it back. I mean, yeah. I, I, I very—I don't think I've ever seen withdrawals put back in. <laughs> yeah, that were large, large withdrawals. Yeah, especially later, later yeah. in life. Yeah, maybe when you're younger, maybe in your twenties and thirties. Yeah, sure. But bottom line is, we don't want you to sabotage your portfolio. We don't want to see anybody's portfolio sabotaged. We we want to help you. Yeah. And the long-term goals. We want to make sure if you're watching or listening to this. 
we want to make sure that the, the whatever that God has blessed you with, that you've been a good steward with and you've been saving up, we want to make sure that is still left over whenever you go home to be with the Lord. We don't want you to be around and the money isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so Proverbs 21, 20, um, you know, it says the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Mm. Investing is truly a lifelong commitment that demands patience, discipline, and a trusted advisor to lean on. To, to lean on. That's right. And we're here to offer you that support, of course, rooted in biblical principles and decades of experience, mostly on this side, on Bob's <laughs> side. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. I know we went a little bit longer, but I feel like this was just... It's a very important really subject. Really important subject. Yeah. And, and even if just one person found this and it helped, I think it was worth it. Yep. So if you want to reach out to us for comment, questions, help, whatever it might be, you can reach us via phone or text at 830-609-6986. You can also visit our website at christianfinancialadvisors.com. Thank you so much and God bless. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA, Christian Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, Bob Barber and Sean Peters, and their guests. Bob and Sean do not provide tax advice and encourage you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.